Now, here's the first antique that we're asking our panel to value. Plint, what do you make of this? Well, I've never seen one like this before. Here, I would say it was a Byzantine combine harvester. Or an ancient Egyptian water buffalo of the type used as a back scratcher. Lady Darkhawker. Well, it's exquisite. I have seen one of these before. Mm, yes, in fact, I have a pair of them at home. Hippincroft, what do you make of it? Well, I'm afraid you're all wrong. I personally find this thing rather unpleasant. <laughs> it's, uh, it's old, it's rather startling blue. The lines are crude but functional. It was obviously thrown together in a hurry. Very nasty. Yeah. <laughs> Full marks, Hippincraft. It is, in fact, this week's script of Round the Hall. Hello and welcome to the show. Well, I'd like to start off with an apology. As you're probably aware, all the characters who appear on the show are fictitious names, but sometimes nature imitates art, and therefore I'd like to take this opportunity to apologise to the very reverend Ignatius Niblung Goose Creature. <laughs> For the use of his name in a recent script. Now, uh, no, no similarity was intended, and as a token of goodwill, I trust that the reverend gentleman will accept this voucher for six water skiing lessons. <laughs> and a flask of Laidlaw's brand Goat Purge, in which to drink our health. So bottoms up the reverend goose creature. Smith. Smith. Sir. Announce the next item. Now, Armpit Theatre presents the story of a humble butler and his unswerving devotion to duty as he buttles with the elements. Here, then, is the admirable Loom Bucket. My name is Lord Tantamount Horseposture. <laughs> Our story begins in the year 1912. I was giving a small dinner party at my country seat, Horseposture Who? to celebrate the engagement of my daughter Wisteria to the Reverend Isambard Mouse Practice. <laughs> and as was usual on these occasions, my butler, the suave, impeccable loom bucket, was announcing the guests. Lord Grizzly Makeshift and his niece, he says. <laughs> Mrs. Costello Funf. <laughs> Lady Jocasta Primp. Lady, <laughs> the right honourable Narcissus Lestrange and friend. <laughs> we all got their number, Daphne. <laughs> Loom bucket here. Just announce them. We don't want a running commentary. Very good, my lord. All right. Raving Jim Grunt and the pubes. <laughs> The Panda Body Sisters and Armitage, the Musical Seal, the Luton Girls Choir, the Mass Bands, the Brigade of Guards, the Millwall Football Supporters Club, <laughs> Officers and Men of the United States Sixth Fleet, Bertram Mills Circus. I have a feeling we sent out too many invitations. <laughs> Loom Bucket. Yes, my lord. I think you better send out for another half bottle of gin. I have already. I have. 
have, I have, my lord, and a packet of cheese and onion flavoured crisps. <laughs> I must attend to your guests, sir. There's a Millwall supporter over there without a beer bottle to throw. Oh. Ah! Ah! Here comes your daughter, the lovely Wisteria. Daddy, oh, it's a lovely party. <laughs> Isn't Bard and I are having a lovely time? We can't thank you enough, Lord Horsemaster. <laughs> I hope I can make your daughter happy. So do I, Isambard. Yes, well, take care of her, my boy. She's all I've got. At least she's all I've got that I'm giving you. Dad! Dad, you look. Look what Loom Bucket gave me. Good heavens, I thought you could only get those in Tokyo. <laughs> Look, I've got a present for you, Isambard. It belonged to my grandfather. Oh, Daddy, it's beautiful. Oh, see, see how the light reflects its myriad colours. Is it the Koenor Dam? No, it's a boiled sweet. <laughs> but, sir, it's yours. I don't want to take it. No, 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 it. do have it. If you suck it long enough, it changes to green. <laughs> thank you, Daddy, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> There's more to come. Not a... Not a peppermint. No, no. Even better, I'm going to take you on a cruise round the world. A cruise? Round the world? On my private yacht, Loom Bucket. Hi, sir. We're going on a cruise. We'll be away for a whole year. Oh, very good, sir. I take it you'll be requiring a packed lunch. <laughs> You're coming too, Loom Bucket. Round the world to see far-off places, to visit native bazaars and exotic temples, days of gay adventures and nights of tropic romance. Is that what you have in mind? Well, yes, that's it, Exactly. Well, are you coming? Uh, all right, but it won't be the same as Mrs. Brown John's at Skegness. Four months later, found Lord Horsepasture's 2,000-ton luxury craft, the SS Saucy Mrs. Truspot, flying across the South Pacific. Excuse me, Lord Horsepasture. Now, what is it, Captain Rumsbigger? There's a force ain't blowing up. We're only making four knots, sir. If we don't get our knots up, we're done for. Uh, <laughs> I'll have a word with the loom bucket, sir. Ahoy there! Yes, my lord! Well, row a bit faster, there's a good chap. <laughs> I can't, sir. I've caught a crab. <laughs> Resting it for dinner. <laughs> well, don't bother. We're dining informally tonight. Oh, oh. Uh, oh, Daddy! Daddy! What's that? Well, it's a man behind that curtain waggling. <laughs> he's, uh, he's waggling a sheet of zinc. Oh, tis the sound that mariners dread most. Next to time, gentlemen, please. <laughs> tis a typhoon! Hold your own Isambard, miss. <laughs> I've got my hands full. She's breaking up. We're sinking. Man the lifeboat. He's been swept away. Well, what have we got that floats? I had the foresight to bring along this self-inflatable rubber Douglas Smith. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well done, Smith. Thank you very much, sir. Now, all right, Smith, what is it? I think I've got a slow puncture. Now, don't build up your part, Smith. You're perfectly watertight and you know it. Just thought I'd work in a bit of pathos. Shut up! Right, man the Douglas Smith, women and children first! For days we bobbed up and down, the waves lapping round our Douglas Smith. No land could be seen anywhere, the hot sun beating down. But thanks to Loombucket, we were still alive. Please, sir, it's been eight days now. May I come aboard? <laughs> it's pretty tiring, swimming along, pulling you. I wouldn't ask, but for the last four days, I've had this shark gnawing at me leg. Well, all right, come aboard if you must, but don't bring that shark with you. <laughs> now, any ideas where we are, Loombucket? Bottom of page 23. Oh, good. <laughs> for a moment, I thought we were lost. Dearie, look, look, a sailing ship. Oh, Give her a hail! Oh, yeah. Ahoy there! Ahoy there! Who be you? Well, I be Lord Horseposture. This week? <laughs> Who be you? I be Captain Ahab. Oh. I be looking for Moby Dick. <laughs> Twenty years I've sailed the seas looking for that accursed Leviathan. <laughs> you see this wooden leg, matey? I got this from Moby Dick. I bet it looked better on him than it does on you. <laughs> Myself on him. Are you sure you haven't seen a great white whale pass its way? Well, no, but we've got some anchovies you can have. <laughs> it's no use. I'm condemned to sail the Atlantic Ocean till I find him. Oh, but this be the South Pacific. What are you doing here? I don't know. I don't like this rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> Sob, sob, gulp, gasp. <laughs> it's no use. We could just drift on like this forever just because the writers can't think of a tag. I can't stand anymore. I can't stand anymore. I can't stand anymore. I can't stand anymore. She's quite right. She's quite right. Well, it's not fair on her, poor old duck. <laughs> Dragging her out of these cold mornings. I, I mean, she's lost a morning's work. Five shillings an hour she gets for cleaning, don't you, Beth? Yeah, and me lunch thrown in. Tang, <laughs> no, no, sir. She's just trying to get a bit of cheap sympathy. What about me? Look what I have to put up with. Hey, I mean, I've never been properly serviced on this show. <laughs> never been serviced. Well, what about me? Mm -hmm. I have to come all the way from over on the early train. Yeah. I have to tie a string round my trousers and... <laughs> Smoke a clay pipe before they let me on the cheap workman's. <laughs> well, I've had enough. Hmm. None of us get serviced properly except no. him, Lord Lord Macorn. Right. Yes, right. Lord Macorn. Right. Lord Macorn. Right. 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 Say that again. Back, 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 should... back, you mutinous dogs. <laughs> See what I got in my hand? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's a script of the Clitheroe Kid. 
And I'm not afraid to use it. You wouldn't dare. Oh, all right, wouldn't I? Page one. Sound effect of door opening. Hello, Mother. Hello, Grandpa. Hello, Jimmy. Goodbye, Mother. Goodbye, Grandpa. Goodbye, Jimmy. Sound effect of door closing. All right, all right. We've had enough. We know when we're beat. All right, back to the plot. And in future, watch it. Now, come on, Smith. Smith, here. I said, sir, could you do a bit more, the Clitheroe kid? I was quite enjoying it. <laughs> Jolly side funnier than the stuff we get. All right, Smith, I'll read you some more at bedtime. And Winnie the Pooh? Yes, if you're good. Well, thanks. <clears throat> 25 days they drifted, and then at last... No! to become of us. How do we get away with it? Assuming that nobody answers the third question correctly, we'll be back next week with the part two of the admirable Loom Bucket. Now it's time for the admirable Fraser Hayes Four to sing Matchmaker, Matchmaker. Ladies and gentlemen, the Fraser Hayes Four. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Find me a fire. Supplement. Well, first in the kitchen, but last in the bathroom, our cookery expert, Daphne Whitethigh, with uh, another of her classic recipes. This week, I'm going to tell you some of the um, many, many interesting things you can do with a yak. <laughs> There's some yak a l'orange, yak pasties, yak kebab, 
yak fingers, yak on a spit, and yak in its jacket. <laughs> but my family's favorite is a simply scrumptious dessert. <laughs> Coop yak. <laughs> Take your yak, pluck it, and bone it. Take an ordinary saucepan, the type you use for broiling hippopotamus. <laughs> when it's tender, cool it and smother it in raspberry ice cream. <laughs> Sprinkle on a little ground coconut. Three tons should be enough. And serve with a hip bath of custard. Some people claim that the coconut and raspberry ice cream disguise the natural flavour of the yak meat. But when I served my husband with it, his immediate reaction on tasting it was... Uh, yak. <laughs> Next week I shall be telling you how to make mongoose-flavoured yoghurt. <laughs> And uh, I shall be interested to hear how she gets the lumps out. <laughs> and now, on, uh, on the London Beat, uh, on the London Beat, Sunday night personality, Seamus Android. Well, now, uh, hello. All right. <laughs> well, we've had a little bit of fun. Um, before we get on, I've had a number of requests from viewers asking me if I would, but unfortunately I can't. <laughs> All right. Now... Standing beside me, I have a man who has not only been, but come back. <laughs> and has written a book about it. Now, sir, I'd like to ask you one last question before we begin. <laughs> How does it feel to, because although I have, I know many of our listeners haven't, themselves personally, although I have myself personally, in person myself. And with that, I return you to the studio. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Seamus Android. Every Sunday night when I watch your show, I'm speechless. Yeah, that makes two of us. Now, <laughs> this week, the colour supplement turns its attention to the Englishman's home. And according to songwriters, what do people want from a home? Well, they demand somewhere where the buffalo roam and deer and antelope play. <laughs> well, it's all right if you've got a daily woman, but... Uh... <laughs> It's most inconvenient if you live in a bed-sitter, believe me. I've tried it and I know. They upset the baboons. And then there was that unfortunate misunderstanding between a buffalo and my wife's fur coat. There were a few discouraging words heard that day, I can tell you. Still, I won't dwell on it. I expect you've got troubles of your own. Now... The joys of home ownership aren't all they're cracked up to be, particularly if you've got noisy neighbours. Jim. Hello. Oh, they're at it again next door, Jim. Well, I can't stand living here next to them. Well, I mean, foreigners coming in and out at all times of the day and night. The police outside the door and parties every night of the week. And they never invite us in. I can't stand them people next door, Jim. We've got to move. We can't, dear. Not as long as I'm Chancellor of the Exchequer. <laughs> of course, not everybody has a home and not everybody wants one. There have been many songs extolling the virtues of the vagrant life. And who more fitting to sing one than rambling Sid Rump. Oh, thank you very much. Not at all. Thank you. Now, I believe you're going to sing us a song of the open road. I am. It is a song I composed myself. Oh. And is autobiographical in parts. 
It, it tells the story of a carefree life led by the hobo, or as he's known in America, the lower spine. <laughs> there are one or two words I ought to explain before I burst forth with my air. For instance, um, for instance, take wogglers. Well, no, thanks. They don't agree with me. Now, they're old English for a part of the rabbit ah. and are considered a delicacy by we gentlemen of the road. It's roughly the bit that keeps the pie crust up. <laughs> and so to my song, which tells of the joys of the free gypsy life. <laughs> oh, what care I for a goose feather cot? Plumpo, plumpo. What care I for a grunge in the pot, a fine fat grammet all piping hot. I'm content with what I've got, for I am old Sid Rumpo. What do I need with dumplings fine, Dumpo, Dumpo? I'm content with a jug of wine, a brace of moolies will suit me fine. <laughs> On rabbits, wogglers will I dine, for I am old Sid Rumpo. What need I for a scrumptious wife? Scrumpo, scrumpo. Oh, I'm content with the gypsy life, my only friend, my traddling knife. For wedlock only leads to strife And one day a little rumpo <laughs> And thank you, Rambling Sid, and may your pot never be grungeless. <laughs> Whatever the joys of a vagrant life, most of us want a place of our own. Happy, darling. I'd be happy anywhere with you, Charles. Oh, Fiona, I know it, it's not what you're used to. It's, it's terribly cramped and pokey, but it's ours. It's home, Charles. And don't spare the horses. <laughs> <laughs> I love you when you're brittle. <laughs> you know, I'd do anything to make you happy, darling. Oh, I know it may be hell for you living here, but we're very lucky to get this place. Living here, we're never lonely. Always people popping in. I don't mind during the day. It's company for me. But at night, Charles, there are no curtains at the windows and the yes, lights always on yes it's it's not easy for us but what can you do when you're living in a telephone box <laughs> kiss me Fiona oh Charles <laughs> I say we've hit the jackpot <laughs> Oh, 
For a lot of people, home is not just where you live, but a place to entertain your friends. At least that's what I think. And recently, when I celebrated my birthday, I decided to throw a party. Well, I didn't want the trouble of catering myself, so when I saw an advert in one of the glosses, which said, Boner Caterers, we can handle everything. I gave him a ring, and next morning... Good morning, anybody there? Oh, hello, I'm Julian, this is my friend Sandy. Yes, hello. Yes, we are your boner caterers. <laughs> yes, that is to say, Jewel and me, we can cater for your every function. Every function. <laughs> for your function, mm. you see. Right, from your hunt ball down to your intimate atomy. Yes, atomy. <laughs> Just give us a free hand and... And we'll give you a do your guests will never forget. Never forget. Never. Now then, what's the occasion? Well, it's my birthday party. I'm 39. Oh, oh do you hear that, Sand? 39? Yeah, around the neck he's 39. <laughs> yeah, so you'll want a cake? Yes, well, we can, uh, we can do you something pretty bizarre in marzipan. Mm. <laughs> How about Dundee, Jewel? Yes, I could let myself go in Dundee. <laughs> Yes, he could let himself go in Dundee, he could. Well, I think just a simple cake. Now, uh, what about the rest of the food? Well, it depends on what you have in mind, you see. I mean, you can have your standing up running or your sit-down knife and fork. Mm. Aren't you? Your stand-up fingers works out cheapest. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, I think a cold buffet is best. Would you like us to lay on a turkey? <laughs> Planned on a cabaret. Oh! oh, he's bold. <laughs> Goes too far. Mm. Right, now drink it. Oh, drink it. Mm. Yes, drink it. What do you plan there, Trej? Trej. <laughs> I'll take, well, two dozen bottles of eggnog for a start. Yeah, but I don't know anybody that drinks eggnog. We do heart face. Heart face? <laughs> He likes his eggnog, Jules. Yes. Oh, three eggnogs, and he lets his raya right down. <laughs> so what, don't you, Jules? Oh, oh what? Yes. What? Gin makes me maudlin. That's true. <laughs> you don't want him maudlin all over your guests, do you? <laughs> I mean, he gets quite lacrimose on the gin, and he blurts it all out. Yes. Out it comes about Bogner. <laughs> yes. He had an experience in Bogner, didn't you, Jules? Yes. Yes. He promised he'd never mention it. Oh, well. <laughs> when I've been on the gin, it all wells up. It wells up in him, yes. And up comes Bogner. No. <laughs> we don't want Bogner coming up. All right, so it's two dozen bowls of eggnog. All right, I didn't know you were coming. Of course we're coming. <laughs> Wouldn't miss a party with that Mick Jagger at it. No. Mick Jagger? Ooh. I haven't invited him. We have. Mm. <laughs> and David Frost and Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. You've got to have your actual celebs, oh, or you'll never get reported in the glosses. Glosses? You want to see you eating the glosses, don't you? All right, well, now what about my other guests? Well, let's have a look at your here list. Oh, yeah, we don't want him. Oh, he sounds dull. Oh, she must be 80 if she's a daddy now. <laughs> oh, no, they're out. They're all out. That only leaves me. Sorry, Ducky, you're out as well. Yes, well, the people we've invited you just wouldn't fit in. Not <laughs>
Well, that's the end of our show, except for a police message to all motorists in the English Channel. You should have turned left to Dover. <laughs> there you are. See you next week. That was Round the Horn, starring Kenneth Horn with Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marston and Bill Pertwee. On the musical side, you heard the Fraser Hayes Four and Edwin Braden and the Hornblowers. The script was written by Barry Chalk and Marty Feldman and the show is produced by John Simmons. <laughs>